0: Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for June 3. My name is John Mason and it's great to have you with us. Today, following a reading from Psalm 100, I will introduce the prayers with the Lord's Prayer. Catherine Jacob and I will then lead further prayers drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978. Andrew Pearson will bring us a Bible reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Andrew is the Dean, Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine is a member of the ministry team there. Music is also from the Cathedral, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Tirdew and Zachary Hicks. And now a reading from Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who has made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. As we turn to prayer, Will you join with me in praying the prayer the Lord Jesus taught? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. the kingdom the power and the glory are yours now and forever amen a prayer for trinity sunday
1: almighty and everlasting god you have given us your servants grace by the confession of a true faith to acknowledge the glory of the eternal trinity and by your divine power to worship you as one We pray that you would keep us steadfast in this faith and evermore defend us from all adversities through Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for all in authority. Almighty God, the fountain of all goodness, we humbly pray you to bless all who hold positions of authority and public office in every land so that all things, especially in these uncertain times, may be ordered in wisdom, righteousness, and peace to the honor of your holy name and the good of your church and people, through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
0: Amen. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, we humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women, that you would be pleased to make your way known to them, your saving power among all nations. We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are afflicted or distressed with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety or need. Especially we pray for family, friends and those who are known to us. Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieving the loss of loved ones at this time. And so we pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and a cure for COVID-19. Lord, we also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. We also pray for those who are in physical, mental or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: O God, the author of Lover and Peace, in knowledge of whom stands our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, your servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that surely, trusting in your defense, we may not fear the power of any adversaries, Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore.
2: Amen. A reading from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learn from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and he has made known to us your love in the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Back in 2004, Robert Letham, in his book, The Holy Trinity, commented on the impact of postmodernism on society. In terms of instability and diversity, he said, the postmodern world of constant flux is seeing insecurity, breakdown, and the rise of various forms of terrorism. As diversity rules, subgroups are divided against each other, a cult of the victim develops, and responsibility declines. This is a recipe for social breakdown, instability, and the unravelling of any cohesion that once existed, he said. In our troubled world, how important it is that we bring back into our own lives and into our conversations the reality of the God who is not only there, but who is a God of love. Let me touch on some key words in Paul the Apostle's prayer of thanksgiving for the church in Colossae. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, we read, In our prayers for you we'll always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. These days the idea of God has been largely dismissed from the public arena, and this is why on rare occasions of conversation about Jesus of Nazareth, the focus is more on His teaching and exemplary life. Now it's true to say that if the world practiced what Jesus taught in his parable of the Good Samaritan, for example, the world would be a far happier place. But as humanity has never followed the moral advice of philosophers such as Plato or Aristotle, why would it follow the advice of Jesus of Nazareth? However, when we look past the view that Jesus was just another great teacher, we find there's something very different about him. And that is what Paul the Apostle says when, in thanking God for the Colossian church, He directs his thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The sentence construction tells us that Jesus Christ is just as much God as God the Father. Now let's think about this. The essential nature of a perfect father is to love and give life. Paul's understanding is that God the Father delights to love and give life. From eternity, God the Father has given life to a son. Think for a moment of a fountain. Its essential nature is to pour out water. Paul's words are consistent with what we read in the opening lines of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in Jeremiah chapter 2, the Lord says of Himself that He is the spring of living water. From eternity before the creation of the universe, God the Father was loving and begetting His Son. God did not become a Father at some point, in the same way that a fountain is not a fountain if it does not pour out water, so God the Father would not be who He is unless He is giving life to His Son. God the Father and God the Son are distinct persons, but they are inseparable from one another. They always love one another, and they always work together in perfect harmony. This is so important for it tells us that Paul is giving thanks to the God whose existence is not simply as a powerful intelligence behind the observable universe. Paul's prayer is personal to God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul also tells us that the faith of the Colossians in Christ Jesus was personal. Furthermore, their faith expressed itself in their love and their care for one another. The Colossian church was a place where there was genuine community. People accepted one another, treated one another as equals across the social divide. Their love for one another led to compassion and practical care for those in need. Significantly, Paul goes on to tell us that the faith and love the Colossians enjoyed was inspired by a third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. In verse 8, He writes that Epaphras had told him of the Colossians' love in the Spirit. In John chapter 14, we learn that Jesus had promised His disciples on the eve of His arrest that He would send the Holy Spirit to comfort and equip them. And in John 16, we learn that the Holy Spirit would also convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. An important part of the Spirit's work is to convict our consciences of our failure to honour and love Jesus as our Lord. One day God will ask us all, What did you do with my son? How is it that someone who has lived a life of indifference or even hostility towards God can suddenly be aware of their sin and their need of salvation? It is the Spirit of God at work. In his prayer of thanksgiving to God for the Colossian church, Paul alerts us to the reality of the one God who exists in three persons. Our broken world needs to hear afresh the good news of this triune God whose very nature is to love and give life. If we grieve for our world, we need to pray that God will act with compassion and send His Spirit to open blind eyes, turning hearts back to Jesus Christ as Lord. Let me conclude with the last verse of the Getty hymn, Holy Spirit, Living Breath of God. Holy Spirit, from creation's birth, giving life to all that God has made, show your power once again on earth, cause your church to hunger for your ways. Let the fragrance of our prayers arise, lead us on the road of sacrifice, that in unity the face of Christ may be clear for all the world to see. Amen. And now may God, the Holy Trinity, bring you to the knowledge of Him as Creator, Redeemer and Sanctifier. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen.